five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another episode of the Ready, Set, Home podcast, your premier podcast to do with the Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce. Joining you virtually, as well as joining me virtually, I'm getting confused here, uh, is uh, Jordan, that's your Dr. JM, who aptly titled himself Sit. Is there a story <laughs> there, or was that just type in characters, off we go? No, that was, that was being too lazy to change my name once I had entered it wrong. I, I noticed, okay. and then I went, oh, man, I guess I'm sit today. See, I've, I've recorded long enough with Alex that sometimes the secret messages on the Easter eggs are either in a combination of the name he puts into uh, mm. what we used to record or some of the things he'll say, and it's like, you didn't get it? I'm like, dude, that, <laughs> that was so wrinkly brain that I wasn't even at that level. <laughs> I, I wish I could say something like... Uh, Sit is hinting at the uh, latest signing with the Vancouver Titans, but uh, that's just not true. Yeah, but uh, Alex is not here uh, at Omni Strife. He is currently having dinner with management. <laughs> yep, uh, sounds like his work called him in or something like that. Well, I was going to say interpret management as you see fit. It could be Overwatch League management, considering we've seen people go down to California and then you know, talk about everything they can't talk about uh, because it's under NDA. Uh, it could be uh, team management, either with the Titans or the Defiant. Maybe maybe Alex is leaving the podcast because he is starting the new year with one of these teams and there's a conflict of interest. I don't know. Oh, wouldn't that be something? You know, I, I did notice that when I uh, dropped a line in in our uh, private chat there asking about this cre- Overwatch creators content creators call, I did notice he was awfully quiet. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe he knows something we don't. And his whole management thing was, was just him. That's just the ruse. Yep. Giving, giving the first clue that he's on his way out. It could be. I mean, that that's how it went with Sam just one day he was here and next day he wasn't. So difference is Sam's not working for the league. <laughs> Whether or not Alex is, who knows? That's right. He's a man of mystery. So, yeah. But this is our last show of 2021. Uh, we'll obviously get into everything that's been going on with the Toronto Defiant, because not a whole lot's been going on with the Vancouver Titans in the last couple of weeks. Uh, there's a few things happening within the league. Uh, obviously, uh, a new quote-unquote patch, you know, we're watching, and there's that uh, content creators meetup where we can uh, hypothesize uh, what it will be and when Alex will uh, share all the details on the show. But... Uh, before all that, let's start pushing this payload. Moving the payload! Join me! I thought we could get the Vancouver Titans out of the way quick, uh, simply because they haven't really been doing a whole lot. And that's, I, I feel it does them as a service. Their social media uh, team is, like, noisy. And I'm, I'm all for it. Like, I like that they're engaging with, like, everything they can possibly engage with. They're memeing the heck. They're creating NFTs. Their <laughs> NFTs are getting listed. <laughs> You know, yep. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just next level stuff and, and that's cool. I'm, I'm all for it, but it's hard to go through the, the quote unquote noise. Cause they, it's not all as relevant to what we would want to talk about on the show to see, was there anything 
that uh, might have, you know, been media enough to, to share. Um, there hasn't been, I mean, that's not to say that they haven't done something. Uh, when we recorded our last episode, we had absolutely no idea they were going to drop a, uh, join the team and have a chat with us, uh, community event. I think they gave what two days notice, um, uh, for this. And there wasn't a whole lot that really came out of it, uh, from, you know, a competitive standpoint. I think we got to see the personality of some of the players, which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I like that they're doing these types of activities and I would encourage them to do them more. Uh, but, uh, I know the Titans listen to our show and Hey, you could also, you know, give a podcast, the hookup. Yeah. I, we, we'd welcome them anytime. And, and, you know, maybe the pressure of, of yourself and Omni is just too high. I mean, Hey, the one man watch points always an option too, you know? I, I can't say I have oh. the chops you do, Chris, but, uh, you know, if maybe it's just too much pressure, right? They want a little I more, a little more intimacy, a little more one-on-one, you know, I'm just saying I'm, I'm open too. But so. how, I, I'm, I'm curious how that would work if it was one man watch point when more than one man shows up for watch point. Look, look, it's the one man watch point because only one man has to be there. That doesn't mean that it's necessarily always one person. Although mm-hmm. if you look at every previous episode, it has always been one person, but that's, that's the way it works. You know, the watch point okay. Gibraltar was a one man watch point when Winston was the, although was it one man or one monkey? I'm, I'm not quite sure, but anyways, I digress. He's a mountain gorilla. Yeah. I mean, Actually, no, he's not. He's a space monkey. And unlike a mountain gorilla, he gets cold. Um, the Vancouver Titans, though, they've been doing what they've been doing. I think that's pretty consistent what they'll continue doing into the new year. I'm actually of the opinion at this point, we don't see them do anything more signing wise until such time as they have to. Yeah, um, I am. Um, I would agree with that. They've got the league minimum of five right now, which Jan. is the minimum until what? March, I think. Oh, uh, well, yeah. So yeah, Jan three is the minimum for, for right. five. They have then, to have yeah, five March. until. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I suspect you're right. Um, I do want to actually, you know, like you're saying, I want to give them some kudos because I did feel like last week or two weeks ago, last episode, we were a little down on them, even though, we've been asking for this for a long time. You know, we've been saying all we want is a little more engagement, a a little more uh, interactivity, a little more of a personality behind the, Mm -hmm. behind the um, social media presence. And I think last week I came out of that episode and I mean, I was a little hot about overwatch two in general, but earlier we had talked about the Vancouver Titans and I did feel like, was I a little too, negative on them. So I do want to give them kudos because I do like what they're doing. I do like seeing them, uh, you know, constantly engaging and, uh, it, you know, interacting with the other teams, um, interacting with halo thoughts and, and other players and things like that. Um, cause I mean, it's, it's a lot better than what we saw before and it's a lot better than a lot of other teams as well. I think that, um, you know, if you, if you kind of, at least in my mind, if I think of maybe the top three or five, uh, social media teams in the Overwatch League in terms of engagement and in terms of, um, you know, getting the word out there and everything. I don't think it's unrealistic to say that Vancouver has crept up at least into the top five. If not, they could be getting into the top three kind of thing. Um, you know, Florida comes to mind. Dallas comes to mind. Um, I see Washington popping up uh, every now and then as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think Vancouver's had a great turnaround in terms of their social media presence. So I do want to give them kudos, but like you say, 
there's a lot of noise as well. Yeah. So, well, and I, I think if I were to go and if, choose one noise mm-hmm. or nothing, I'd rather have the noise than nothing. I Absolutely. Mean, you're right. They were for all intents and purposes, uh, a Twitter account that existed that had a check mark yeah. and occasionally said stuff occasionally now, offered breadsticks and discounts on pizza. Yeah. Now they're, they're really engaged. They're really active. I think if I had one, compl- I mean, I always have complaints. Let's be honest. I'm a cranky <laughs> old man. I shout at clouds. I wish they could do a better job at embracing the original community that has stuck through thick and thin. Mm. And I'm not suggesting us. I mean, yes, we're sort of part of that, <laughs> but there are many that are present um, within sort of the discord mm-hmm. uh, that still engage them and have tried to sort of engage them through social media. Mm-hmm. And I see them often go ignored. Yeah. And I understand that maybe that's from a personnel perspective. Mm-hmm. They don't have anyone there who even knows who yeah. the OGs are. Yeah. Right. Like that. But then I still think there are ways to get to know that um, whether it's, you know, engaging with us or something like they're mods within Titans yeah. cord. They're essentially OGs. Mm-hmm. The newest mod Tadashi, um, not necessarily an OG, but one who I think understands sort of who's been around. Has but, his finger on the pulse. Yeah. But that, again, it's minor detail, mm-hmm. but uh, Toronto defiant um, surprising in the last couple of weeks been a lot more active than I had even uh, imagined would be possible. I mean, they have signed two, mm-hmm. not just one, two. And we were talking about, well, maybe they're, they'll, they'll, maybe I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I I'm, I'm giving up trying to predict what Toronto defiant are going to do. I mean, I think at this point it's safe to say that their, their roster is maybe close to locked in. I personally feel like Toronto's, uh, yeah. I mean, I want to say that they're locked in. I want to say that's all they're going to do, but again, I mean, just looking for patterns and that kind of thing with other teams, a lot of teams are stacking two on flex support. Maybe we some see someone, another signing on flex, but do they have to? I don't think so. Um, I mean, I, I've been a pretty big proponent of twilight, so I do think he can do, most of the heavy lifting um again we you know as is always the asterisks on all of this we don't know what the game is going to look like truly but they could be done uh they could come out with another surprise bomb i mean do we want to go into the specifics of what they who they announced well yeah i was gonna say so the the two the first one that came out was finale mm-hmm. uh and uh, i think that signing sort of caught most by by surprise it was it was hinted that there would be something. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the, the more recent signing, although was one that, uh, I, it was like, Oh, okay, cool. Like yeah. the non-suspicious was like finale. And although I think are, are, uh, adequate additions to the roster, mm-hmm. but it, uh, you know, you've got, I believe both in that flex DPS spot. Do we not? Uh, yes, I, I believe they are both flex. Um, what I've heard, and you know, I I listen to other podcasts. Um, <gasps> but cheater. But no, I simply meant I I'm not an expert on the topic, so I'm mostly bringing in other people's opinions. But the other expert opinions that I have heard is that uh, people were not super thrilled with finale. 
um, you know, they were kind of looking at that and saying, I think there was maybe one or two better pickups along the same lines coming from Korean contenders. And I actually heard the name, uh, although mentioned alongside finale and they were kind of saying, why finale when you could have gone for although and lo and behold however many days it was like it seemed like it was the next day um it wasn't long after they announced that both were coming so yeah um certainly uh there's there's some hype there i think yeah. again i'm i'm not a huge fan of contenders um you know I, I watch it every now and then but i don't follow it by any means so i'm not the uh the end all be all source on that but regardless i think this is probably the it's shaped up to be quite a decent roster i think i'm looking forward to this more so than i was when it was only finale that had been announced after what i've heard yeah my um my thought though is i think they mixed up the order of the signings i understand that sometimes it has to do (laughs) with the signature on the piece of paper um but i thought we were at a finale mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and Toronto was like, well, though, exactly. If it would, it could have only been better if their name was one more thing or something like that. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> There's not a player out there called one more thing. Exactly. Uh, um, one of the, one more thing that came out from uh, <laughs> this uh, was uh, Adam on, on Twitter uh, had engaged with someone and had said that uh, uh, these uh, players, now I don't know if all of them, mm-hmm. um, but I sort of interpret from the comment that it might be are on three-year deals, two and an option. I didn't actually hear that. So that's news to me, but that's very interesting. Now, caveat, mm-hmm. the Overwatch League contract allows for a back out or something. Yeah. Right? I mean, it, you're, the option is team held. Um, and ultimately you can sort of back out of a contract, even if it's not an option, it's just, there's, Cost associated to it, to the, the player. Um, it is, I don't believe, a guaranteed contract. And someone on on Reddit, actually, a few people on Reddit were like, "Well, that's fine and dandy, except you know, you've seen players on deals like this before who are no yeah. longer with the team." And that's not just a Toronto thing; it's it's happened throughout the league. But Adam did go and say that we want some stability. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think- and if that is true, I think that's a good thing. I just we've heard the stability now for a few seasons and we have yet to see it. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause I remember that kind of being it seeming like that was a big thing going into this past season with uh, KDG bringing, being brought in as coach and then bringing along a number of players um, that he had experience with, uh, you know, from Philly and from other places. Um, it definitely, I want to say there was a quote about something uh, along the very same lines. And obviously now we see that, you know, Hisu's the only one being brought over from the previous team. Um, I do have to wonder how much of that, how much of that is contingent on performance? You know, are they willing to, not that I necessarily think this is going to happen, but are they willing to take an L this season? Because it's the first time a lot of these players have played together because it's a new game, because it's a new format, because metas will be unlike anything we've seen before are they willing to you know let's just for argument's sake say place low in the standings and then keep most of the same team and allow them to develop and build and grow who knows um i would lean towards no because i don't think most teams do that i mean vancouver titans kept 
a lot of similar pieces and went further down in the standings, honestly. Um, granted, some of their wins came from the old team and there's, you know, other things going on there. Well, but, but I think when we think about the pieces that we're not talking about equivalent pieces. Sure. Could, yeah. One would suggest that the pieces that they kept weren't necessarily Overwatch League pieces. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely true. Um, but, you know, the the overall point is, um, would they be willing to to stick with a team to allow them to develop um, and maybe maybe bring in some new pieces or, or keep a sort of core, which I think is what we kind of expected going into this offseason. I certainly didn't think we'd see um, everyone except for Hisu being, uh, you know, pushed to the side kind of thing. I thought we would maintain a core and try to build on it, but obviously I ate my words. Of course, he's who. Yeah, I guess you're right. I he's, guess you're right. He's at the heart of the team and everything's built around him. I guess the Hisu, it starts with H-E, just like heart. There you go. Yeah, there you go. The heart of Toronto. Um, and, and to expand this or what Adam had said, uh, I found the tweet. Um, someone had asked like, hey, is this locked in? And his response was, it's complete for now. We'll reassess once we get our hands on the game. Mm-hmm. Okay, that makes sense. Obviously, the hedge is once we get our hands on the game. Because I think you and I and even Omni, we've said like Overwatch 2 is going to introduce some variability. Maybe not so much Omni. I know he sort of sees top players are going to play the game regardless and mm-hmm. they're going to be just good. Mm-hmm. But uh, Adam then goes on in a further reply. Most of our players are signed to three-year deals, want to commit long-term plan, not happy with the instability that we've had during Overwatch 1. Overwatch 2 is new game. Let's build a better legacy. Mm-hmm. And that's a fair point, but I just want to point to share that the instability, if it's predicted, if it's predicated by a game, mm-hmm. if you're going to say the instability is Overwatch One, I don't see how the Blizzard team has shown us that Overwatch Two is going to be any less stable. They'll introduce a hero, they'll introduce a balance shift. It's going to change them. Like there's going to be constant changes. That is that is just almost written in stone. So yeah. I kind of feel that that's somewhat of a weak statement from Adam. And if he's listening, I mean, I'd be more than happy to have a, you know, conversation about it, but I, I like the long term. I like the desire for stability. I just feel that either one, if it's not the game, the team has had the power to have stability and has made choose decisions mm-hmm. to introduce the instability. And if it is the game, well, the game is, Overwatch 2 is going to be in all sorts of instability. Now it's actually interesting hearing more of the context, obviously, like I said, I, I had not actually seen this, um, reading between the lines a little bit into what Adam's saying makes me wonder, obviously he knows things we don't know, makes me wonder what he knows about Overwatch 2, because obviously the big speculation is free to play games as a service, live service games. Are we making the leap finally? to the Fortnite, the Apex, the Halo Infinite models, where the game does is a sequel, yes, but we do not see further iterations beyond that. We simply see Overwatch 2 built on and on and on and continuing in theory in perpetuity. Obviously, that's never truly going to happen, but for a much longer life cycle than Overwatch 1, which, yes, Overwatch 1 is a, whatever, five five-year-old game at this point. Um, five, six, whatever. The, I think six, yeah. But I'd have to look it up. But, I think six. but for all intents and purposes, if you count the last change to the game as the last time they introduced heroes 
it's a, a new hero. It's been what two years, so that game hasn't really existed in you know in itself, kind of thing. So I'm wondering if Adam knows more about the future than he's necessarily oh, letting he totally go does. because he definitely does. Yeah. Um, and maybe that's, that's what the approach is. You know, this game is going to last. This league is going to last. It'll still be the overwatch league. It's not gonna be called the overwatch two league. I assume that would be an interesting move. Um, overwatch league 2.0. Exactly. Yeah. But like, I mean, even, you know, again, comparing it to the sister side of things with call of duty league, um, call of duty has a new iteration every single year. And that is a known fact. And yet the league continues to grow and build on itself. Granted, mm-hmm. it's obviously a far less uh, drastic change from game to game, but maybe the league is looking for more stability in that sense, right? The game, yeah. again, builds on itself rather than a whole new evolution. Um, speaking of reading between the lines and knowing more, uh, Adam also tweets out uh, uh, just a, Day ago, January 14th, 2022. No context. I don't know. Like, let's be honest here. Could it be about the Overwatch League? Could it be about Call of Duty League? Uh, could it be about what? who do the Mad Lions, what league do they play in? That's uh, another way of uh, uh, It's League of Legends. Uh, league of Legends, okay. L- the League League. LCK? Um, I don't know. I don't know League. Yeah. But, but the thing is, like, that could be, like, we don't know the context of the date. It's just an unsolicited tweet. And, uh, I mean, I look, look, I know he knows stuff. I would expect owners to know things. Yeah. Like I, I would hands down expect that they know things. They've probably gotten some form of, you know, plan. There might be the short term, medium term, long term plan as to the, the game, the league, what have you, that would have had to have been communicated. Um, now, what is it that we know? We'll get into this in a short moment. Content creators got involved. Uh, they're they're hyped for reasons, which we'll discuss. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe it's part of a, a story. And I don't believe they would come out and say days before what's really a break. I know not everyone may celebrate Christmas. I completely understand. But this time of year, business tends to slow down internationally. And, you know, you try to sort of wait until the new year, start things fresh, big pop, the 2022 stuff. But, uh, hey. Now, on January 14th, back in 1943, Montreal Canadiens left-wing Alex Smart became the first NHL rookie to score a hat-trick in his first NHL game, a 5-1 win at home over the Chicago Blackhawks. Maybe that's what Adam's alluding to. So that is the secret code. The Montreal Rebellion are making a return. There you go. We figured it out. Piece it oh. together. You heard it here first. Yeah. Great episode. Talk to you later. Yep. Later, later. Uh, beyond signings, though, t- uh, Defiant have had, uh, obviously, their community events running. Um, they have one this weekend, the the Fran uh, uh, and uh, Emong event. I think it's what? The Fran Community Cup, is it called? Yeah, let's go with that. Sure. You, I mean, it's, You know these better than no, I do. There was, there was, so there used to be Fran's Overwatch Community Cup. F-O-C-C, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it. Um, the Fran Challenge, I think is what they're called. But uh, that's happening this weekend. Um, this is the type of thing that I wish, I think, Vancouver could sort of pick up on, having these more frequently, having ways to just engage and entertain and and get themselves involved. But Toronto does it well. I don't know any other team. And 
Yeah. I'll be honest. I don't necessarily follow all the other teams closely, but I don't know any other team who is, is active Mm -hmm. at engaging the community as Toronto is. I think, I think one that the only other one that comes to mind, this goes back to what I was saying earlier is probably Florida. Cause I know Florida has done some, uh, some cups and tournaments and things. I don't think they're usually as community focused. I think they're frequently, um, uh, sponsored and i think th- i want to say they did one with steel series or something which is a pretty big name well they, yeah they've had like i think they've hosted like a like a tournament exactly. style like yeah you know an invitational yeah um whereas you, you're right maybe not as community focused but yeah. it's still content that you're creating to keep people engaged with your mm-hmm. your brand mm-hmm. the game yeah but outside of that no, nobody comes to mind in terms of that kind of thing and you're right i also don't follow many others you know, to the same extent as I do Toronto and Vancouver, but, uh, but it's great to see. Yep. Uh, did you catch any pictures from the, uh, the meet uh, and greet the live event they had? I did. I'll shout out Mario because he's the one out there making me jealous from getting to be there meeting Carcu. Um, I think he met Fran as well. Just mm-hmm. getting to see that, uh, that facility that they have. Oh, I, I shed a tear. And then, you know what? Uh, just the other day I had someone from work call me and say, how would you feel about traveling to Toronto for a couple of weeks? And I thought to myself, how could I get Adam to get me in that facility? Okay. I bet you, I bet you, if you go there, mm-hmm. you, it could probably be swung to get you a tour. I, if, if this happens, because it was very much a loose, no concrete plans right now. And on top of that, I would have to figure out personal situation and everything, but, um, and also COVID is a consideration, obviously given this uh-huh. country seems to be going back into lockdown except for Alberta. Cause you know, we do our own thing out here anyways. Um, uh, if it happens, you better believe I will be sliding in those DMS. So, well, the event that I was going to be attending possibly in Toronto, oh, yes. uh, in February, not happening. Oh, of course. Uh, the event, well, let me rephrase that in all likelihood, not happening. Yeah. Decision will be made the first week of January, oh, okay. but yeah, the way things are trending the, and the sort of the reasons as to why it's, you know, still to be determined. Yeah, of course. Right. I mean, and that makes sense, but um, that again, for, for me to even have the possibility of going to Toronto, that event has to happen. And if that event does happen, there's still no guarantee I go. It's right. A whole number of things have to line up. So, I gotcha. um, I wasn't even should start a pool. Oh. Which one of the RSP hosts will get there first. <laughs> that's a, that's a good idea. Um, do you have any family out there or anything? No, my family's all like, uh, Alberta West. Mm, okay. I've got, I've got lots in Manitoba, but none in Toronto. So hmm. yeah. Unless, unless we consider the Toronto defiant family than i do it's a great point that's a great point i absolutely consider them all family i know each of them by name and would totally recognize them if i passed them on the street um you know if they're ever out here they've got a place to stay a hot meal i just hope they offer me the same yep one final note before we stop pushing the payload uh, the uh, toronto defiant uh, parent company overactive media had uh, pushed out a press release announcing that uh the city of Toronto has approved plans for their venue uh, with a uh, completion date of 2025. A lot can happen between now and then. Mm-hmm. I'm not 
confident that the Overwatch League will still exist then. And that's not to suggest it won't. I just feel that there are still questions that need to be answered so that some financial stability is there. But again, I'm, I'm on the outside looking in. Who knows? Maybe all these teams are making bank and breaking even and it's all, you know, going up from here. But uh, I, I am more confident that Call of Duty League will exist. Uh, obviously, League has been big. So I, I feel the venue itself will be built because there's, there's, I mean, it's designed to be multi-purpose. Mm-hmm. Yes, esports on mine, but concert venue and what have you. Um, the renderings, the drawings look real cool. Of course, they always do. Um, this this is, as you mentioned, very up in the air. But at the same time, I'm curious if 2025 completion means breaking ground before that, or it means well, it, it does. Like if it it have to because if I like if they're gonna they, the, it to be built in 2025, yeah. the ground would have to be broken. But then we've seen ground broken in Philadelphia. True. Right. Like there was a, Hey, we've, we've broken the ground. They shovel hit the dirt. Yeah. This sucker's being built. And is that sucker being built? Yikes. No. So I'm, I'm, I don't want to say that I'm pessimistic. Mm-hmm. I am optimistic. Cautious. I think OAM. Yeah. Yeah. I'm cautiously optimistic. I think OAM's in a good, good position, mm-hmm. but in uh, Philadelphia is different in Toronto, but Comcast. Yeah. They got some, they got some money in the bank. Yeah, no kidding. It's a, so, it's a big partner for things to kind of fall through and everything. Yeah, and it's not not a knock on OEM. Yeah. We're just talking, you know, different different corporate scale. It's just different. It's the reality. So yeah, yeah. Did you? It's it's not on the payload here, but just as a glimmer of hope, um, I was reading the other day that I believe the organization that owns the Boston Uprising is buying into the Call of Duty. Well, they did. Well, yeah, well they they bought in. Through yes, through yes. Robert Kraft or something to that extent, which. Well, so Robert, yeah, Robert Kraft, like the Kraft, I think it's Kraft Entertainment Group. Like they owned the like esports side that they had. Yes. They've now partnered with an esports organization. Um, now I don't like, this is where it's gray for me. Yeah. And I'm, is that, is it like how, you know, the Aquilini family right. bought a company who bought another company who ultimately in turn merged and was consolidated and bought out of, but that's how they own luminosity. Mm-hmm. Like, is this, and then like luminosity was operating Titans. That's not the case. Please don't take that. Yeah. It's not happening. If anyone tells you otherwise, they are wrong in this situation. The, whomever it is, um, is operating the team. Right. So I, it's good though. Cause they're like Robert Kraft and that, that family is not looking to go and spend money on an esports organization mm-hmm. for kicks. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I really wish I knew off the top of my head who, who that was now. I mean, we could do some quick Googling if you'd like. I mean, I guess I could. Um, <laughs> yeah. OXG. There you go. Yeah, and they'll be, uh, they'll be managing the uprising as well. Ah, Okay. Well, like I said, glimmer of hope that things are happening with very powerful people, very wealthy people um, and organizations, which is to say this league is not dying and won't die before 2025. Fingers mm. crossed. <laughs> I'm, okay. And until I see a match in 2022, um, there's a little piece of me that wonders. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. I, I am. I'm much more optimistic. 2022 happens. Fair enough. Anyway, uh, we'll take ourselves a short break and uh, then the two of us will dive into the fray. have slowed down in the overwatch league i mean it's been slowing down the past few episodes um i don't know if i had expected that well i know i didn't expect the crazy start i said as much right Mm -hmm. um where we saw teams signing rosters and and essentially being complete um while it's not yet official and what i mean by that is not yet published on the overwatch league uh, website uh even the uh, los angeles vacant have been uh, announcing players so they are building out a roster. What is extremely interesting about all of this, though, the Los Angeles vacant currently have more players signed to a roster, at least publicly, than the New York Excelsior do. And in two weeks' time, both of those teams need to hit the Jan 3 minimum of five. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Valiant kind of came out of nowhere and started I don't want to say dropping bombs because they made it pretty clear with their first tweet. Like, you know, they came out and said, Hey, we're still partnered with, uh, whatever it is, Lijian esports or something like that out of China. So they announced they were staying in that region. And then after that, they kind of just took that as a starting point and started announcing player signings. Um, I think they started with coaches and everything, but, um, honestly, if you're a Valiant fan, which there are some of you out there, I'm sure then things are not looking terrible. Yeah. But because they're not on the website yet. True. I don't, I don't trust no teams because everything's like pending league approval. And I kind of feel that when you're posted on overwatchleague.com, the league is approved. Yeah. Yeah. There's a yeah. good chance. But uh, since our last episode, there's just been a, a handful of moves. Um, all additions, uh, the Florida mayhem, they've added, uh, Daiwan as an assistant coach and Alana Spitfire. They added Admiral, uh, as a, as a player. Um, yes, the LA vacant have signed players too. Um, but until such times it's on the website, not official. So what does that leave us at? Uh, well, as far as teams go, uh, there are currently three teams that need to sign players. By the time we come to you in two weeks time, presuming the league will actually keep and stick to its deadline. Yeah. Uh, the Philadelphia fusion, the New York Excelsior and the Los Angeles vacant will have added players. Yeah. Yeah. New York is probably the biggest question mark. If you ask me, um, they announced well, they have- early on that everyone was gone except for, I think Flora. Um, I think flower was a bit yeah. of a question mark for a while there, but then they, they, or he announced that he was not sticking around. Um, and relative silence. Social media for them has always been uh, decent. Like they always, they, they do content and kind of, kind of engagement stuff, not necessarily like community building, but you know, polls well, that, and things like that. That's the Anbox brand. Right? Yeah. Kind of just marketing, I guess is really what yeah. it is. Um, but in terms of announcements and things like that, just nothing. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, nothing. I'm actually finding it more weird 
that New York and Philly have said nothing Mm -hmm. right like that. And it, it gets me wondering even more, are these teams not signing players yet or have yet to make things official because it's still unclear as to where they might play. And like, if I'm, if let's say I, I own or operate one of those teams Mm -hmm. and there's a question mark around that. I'd use that question mark back to league. You can't enforce a deadline Mm -hmm. when you're going to, you know, either approach us or suggest this or what have you, you sort out your house first and then we can sort out ours. But if you won't give us the ability to tell our players where they will be living, then we're not going to stick to your deadline kind of thing. Yeah. And I mean, again, the LA vacant took one direction with their team, Philadelphia fusion took another, but I would not, if I'm the fusion, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to go through that situation again, where you've signed a bunch of players to a roster that you in turn, you know, great. You made the decision to pay them Mm -hmm. despite their inability to play for you, Yeah, but you're not in the business of being, you know, a charitable team in that regard. Mm -hmm. Like you're a business, you need to operate in a way that is sustainable. Mm -hmm. So Again, who knows what's uh, what's going to happen there? Um, I don't really follow contenders either, but uh, the British Hurricane are uh, no more. Well, I don't want to know if they're no more, but they're fair. Not taken off. Yeah, they are grounded. They are indeed, just like the uh, Montreal Rebellion on the Toronto side of things, who I think officially went on hiatus as well. I don't think they officially said they were closing down or anything like that, but it sure seems like uh, a similar kind of thing has now happened with the uh, British hurricane. Can I, can I also shout out London because they have some really good names for their teams. Spitfire hurricane. Like those are awesome names. I actually had a conversation with someone in another community about this. They're like, I I get the Spitfire, but like hurricanes don't go through London. I'm like, (laughs) what are you talking about? Well, they, they don't get hurricanes. I'm like, you know, the correlation here, right? It's <laughs> like, what do you mean? Planes? I don't get it. <laughs> and so I, you know, explain like, and I mean, why this is personal to me is my grandfather in, in the second world war was a pilot. Okay. Um, he flew both mm-hmm. the Spitfire and the hurricane. Oh, wow. He flew other, other planes being that he was a uh, Canadian. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, those two planes are, yeah. are, are models he flew. So again, that's for me, that's that, that well, yeah. but yeah, they're solid names. Yeah. So it's unfortunate the hurricane are granted, but I, I don't know how the contender has seen six seeds mm-hmm. uh, unless it's just, again, let's get together and try to give ourselves a shot, find a way to make some sponsorship money or in turn a particular esports organization simply goes with the brand yeah. Recognition. Like it's like, I, I don't know what the Montreal rebellion were like when the Toronto defiant were operating them, but there's no money to be had there. Yeah. And it's difficult to go and build the brand in a manner that's complementary mm-hmm. to sort of the, the parent operation, right? Like yeah. Montreal rebellion and Toronto defiant are arguably competing for a very similar audience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it's, it's always been an interesting one to me. I mean, I remember when I first started getting into the Overwatch League and you would hear about contenders just, you know, on cast or whatever, um, reading about them, whatever, but it always was a little bit confusing where it was like, okay, what is, what is the relationship? And so then, you know, you look into it a little bit and then you find out there's different regions for contenders. So there's North American, there's 
um, whatever European, there's Korean, there's um, Australian. And it kind of became almost even more confusing, which is a barrier, right? Um, and not that it's on the contenders uh, side of things to solve that issue. I would argue it's on the league to solve that issue because in theory, contenders should be, and this is another term that you hear thrown around, the path to pro. Things should be feeding into contenders. Contenders should be feeding into um, the league, just like we see with things like the AHL um, into the NHL. And and I assume, I assume football and uh, baseball and basketball have similar type deals going on. Um, mm-hmm. It's clear where my uh, traditional sports knowledge ends. But yeah. um, regardless that seems to be what the initial goal of having contenders was, or maybe it always has been, maybe it still is. But when you see organizations like uh, that are seemingly the more well-established ones, um, such as British hurricanes, uh, it's surprising to see this, you know, the path, the pro side, actually, you brought up a good point. This came out of the Vancouver Titans uh, community event. I think it was Justin might've said it might've been, it was one of the coaches, but a conversation came up about contenders and it was inferred that the future of contenders is the collegiate level. Mm. Now, when you look at the Overwatch League website and you sort of look at the Overwatch websites themselves and under path, the pro, there are two options. There's contenders mm-hmm. and there's collegiate. Now the contenders regions uh, that were announced for, for 2021, um, you have North America and Europe, you're going to have South Korea, you have China, Australia, um, and each of these sort of regions will have slightly different schedules, uh, formats, what have you. Right. So you have like all this sort of disparate, uh, um, you know, pass to play. Mm-hmm. I get why that might be simply because of regional popularity, right? Like there's more teams, more players, more opportunities, mm-hmm. uh, more infrastructure, but then when you go and look at the, the collegiate side, collegiate is a little bit different. This is uh, what we're now seeing more and more of where in a traditional sports sense, the university colleges, specifically in North America, had teams, varsity mm-hmm. teams, what have you. Mm-hmm. They're now identifying a way to go in and engage future students, yeah. but also recognition of their own brand right. in the esports realm. And the collegiate teams are starting to take off yeah. now. I don't know the collegiate structure extremely well. I'll be very honest, mm-hmm. um, but it is becoming more and more a thing. And as it does, I kind of wonder if the Overwatch League doesn't look to go and reallocate its efforts to the collegiate scene. Because you think about funding, yeah. universities and colleges, they're the ones you know, providing the support, the infrastructure, what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like I use United States as an example with the NCAA mm-hmm. and the NCAA is a business. Yeah. yeah it, it is a huge business. Mm-hmm. And if let's say collegiate esports were to somehow either take from or get brought under the wing of, of something like the NCAA or uh, another one is the NAIA. And again, I'm talking about United States here. I know it's very sort of the singular focus it's just a whole lot easier to yeah. to tap into the success with much less effort than in the contender scene yeah. where I don't even know. I I've heard so much from the scene that the 
that you know blizzard yeah has done more to harm the contender scene than it has to foster it yeah well and, and you look at the simple sort of logistics of both and to me uh i think about contenders and it to me i'm like okay i'm a young whatever 17 18 19 year old uh who's really good at overwatch how do i how do i start getting into tryouts how do i look at these contenders teams how do i engage with them whereas i'm a young 17 18 19 year old going to university or college and i walk onto campus and there's a sign that says boston university uh overwatch contenders team or uh sorry collegiate mm-hmm. team which is actually a contender contenders team so that's a little bit of crossing streams here but you know you walk in and you see a banner for the collegiate overwatch team guess what First of all, Overwatch pretty small, small pool of players. So there's probably not going to be a ton of people there. But, you know, they've got the infrastructure there. All colleges have labs, computer labs, new media centers where they have powerful machines that they're probably able to use for these kind of things. Um, just like using the facilities that they have for traditional sports. Um, it It's all about, you know, bonding with your teammates, getting to know the people you're going to school with and everything like that it does strike me as having less barriers and being a little more accessible than something like contenders. Yeah. Well, and also consider there are college scholarships available on the collegiate level. Like you think in contenders, like you as a player, you're going to try it. You're an up and comer. You're going to go and bust your butt to make this team to be the best of the best, but you're going to pay to do that. Mm -hmm. You don't make money. You don't get anything. In fact, you're probably spending quite a bit. Mm -hmm. Um, on the collegiate side, yeah, you're probably still have to bust your butt and there's no guarantee you make it onto a team, but if you won or going to college already, you're getting education, mm-hmm. right? I understand that you still need to pay for tuition. There's costs there, but I mean, if you weren't going to be a professional esports player, I would still encourage you to go and get an education. Mm-hmm. If you do, however, get a scholarship or you make the team now opportunity starts to you know present itself to you. I just feel that the collegiate space is is probably the future, Mm -hmm. at least in North America. Um, And, you know, Blizzard has done this before with the partnership with TESPA, right? Like this is not something that is completely new. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's just newer to the Overwatch uh, League or Overwatch as a game. Anywho, um, obviously time will tell there too, but uh, maybe, maybe we'll just start paying attention to the contenders scene a little bit more or better yet. Maybe there is someone out there that does and they're so tuned in. They can just give us a nice little summary every week. We'll read it on air. They want to contribute to the show or, or what have you. Exactly. Um, let's get to the, the thing that we don't know a whole lot about that. We maybe know a whole lot about. So was it last like Friday last week? Was it, I think end of last week. Uh, all of a sudden all these content creators start tweeting. Oh my God. I wish I can tell you stuff. It's so amazing, but I'm under an NDA. It was December 16th. Cause that was when I dropped the message in our private chat and said, how the heck do we get on this list to be overwatch content creators? Because they now know something that the rest of us don't. Well, okay. As much as it would be nice to know, we wouldn't be able to talk about it on the show. Unless we know, and we still can't talk about it on the show. I suppose you're right. Maybe we do know. That's true. It sounds an awful lot like you're alluding to something. 
that you know. Let me let me be clear. I don't know anything. Do I know something? I generally don't know much. Generally. But the point is, many of these content creators start tweeting out all at the same time. Like Karki was on a plane. Yeah. Um, you know, really, you know, his tweet was essentially like he's just amazed. It's like, this is great. This is sort of we're seeing a lot of what we we want to see. Karki said, I'm under an NDA. But all I can say is that dot, 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 it was worth it. Uh, we yeah. have Avast saying creator copium through the roof right now. We have your Overwatch saying I'm under NDA and cannot tell you what will be coming to Overwatch next year. I am allowed to express emotion. V happy. That is all. And now actually uh, listening to Plat Chat this week, Avast said he actually doesn't know. Um, because he's associated with Florida Mayhem, he was not included in the content creator stuff as far as I understand. He alluded to having connections. He's affiliated maybe, with the Toronto Defiant. I mean, I guess that's a good point. Well, okay, maybe he was maybe he was making some BS there, but he made it seem like he doesn't actually know what all was discussed. Well, so the scene has been all over the place, yeah. right? Because you have you have many who are like, "Oh, finally, this is Overwatch 2. And I, I I'm I want to sort of you know, add an asterisk to this. There's no guarantee that this has anything to do with overwatch Two. If there is one thing <laughs> that we know is that the overwatch game that we have been playing has content coming. Now, what does that mean? Could it be overwatch two content? Could it be more overwatch one content, new heroes, new maps, like the experimental mode that we just got out of did some crazy stuff. So it's not unrealistic to suggest that changes don't happen in game in preparation for overwatch two. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am, I'm optimistic that you're having these content creators come out and say positive things. I know there are some that are like, well, Blizzard paid for them to say that. Mm. And I would suggest that that's not possible because while I could see maybe one or two of them not realizing that that's now going to get them in a lot of legal trouble by not disclosing that it was a paid advertisement. Mm. I don't imagine all of them would be that naive to do that. Right? Like if I saw one or two, throw a hashtag ad or something on there Mm -hmm. or make it explicit. Then I, I would say it's, they were bought and paid for. Yeah. Now I'm also not going to suggest that you would get uh, paid to go down there um, or, you know, see stuff and then come out and say, I'm under an NDA, but boy, that was a waste of time. You would usually wouldn't say anything. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it does seem, it seems genuine. If you ask me, um, I mean, given the fact that, yeah, they all said they're not allowed to say anything. I mean, your Overwatch is the one that said we're allowed to express emotion. I can't see them it, it, it collectively <laughs> making this up kind of thing. There's obviously something going on that uh, is hype worthy, but. Now. I've seen a comment or two that suggests it's more about what content creators will be given access to, mm. not so much the game itself. Interesting. And we have seen Overwatch embrace Twitch drops, right? Um, where hey, watch this, you know, so and so play or or what have you. Um, but that just to me that happens frequently already. Mm-hmm. So like, how, how, why would you go and spend the money to? bring people down to say, we're going to look at all this crazy stuff. We're going to empower you with, I could see there being that as piece of a puzzle, but I feel it's a much bigger puzzle 
than just, oh, it's what they're empowering content creators with. So maybe this is, like you say, maybe this is just the first piece of the puzzle, you know? Embrace the and I, community that has rallied around this game for X number of years and at this point is honestly pretty sick of being treated like they don't exist. Maybe yeah. the next piece is something to do with the professional side. You have to, in my mind, there's also a bit of a divide here that we don't see a lot with a lot of games where there's content creation. And then on the other side of things, there's a professional side and the professional side does bleed over into the content creation to an extent. We know obviously very well, people like XQC started in the overwatch league and now he's one of the top Twitch streamers. Um, someone like super, uh, has a very successful streaming career hustle on the side, if you will. Um, I guarantee he can make more money doing that if he wanted to, but he wants to play competitively or professionally. Um, and one thing that I think I have seen is a number of the professional players tweeting things out about like, we're still in the dark here. We don't well, know. This came up on. during the Titans event. Oh, did it? Right. Yeah. Players were saying like, I, I would like, what's one, one thing I wanted to, you know, I think someone asked what could we go for Christmas? I like <laughs> see overwatch too. I'd like to get my hands on it. I'd like to know what I'm playing. Um, I mean, Adam sort of inferred that uh, once they see the game, make their hands on it, they might make more decisions. Right. Like I, I think that it's not unrealistic to believe that if it had something to do with overwatch two, maybe it was more storytelling like it, it mm -hmm. or let's say this January event has to do with overwatch. And that's the day as to which these content creators start going ham. Like maybe they get to play the early version mm -hmm. and maybe that's, I mean, like, let's say that's the day the early version goes live. So the pro players get it, but also these content creators get it to generate some hype. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just, it's just a, a functionally weird situation, even in the positive light that this might be, mm -hmm we still come back to the point that we don't know very little about a season. that's going to be kicking off in four ish months. Um, wow. which I know is a lot of time, but it's not. Yeah. But I mean, uh, you've not long ago, it was six months ago. And I said, wow, because I'm like, Oh my gosh, is it really four months away? It basically is at this point. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how it all comes out, but back to you, uh, your earlier point, uh, uh, if anyone knows how RSP can get on uh, this list, um, you know, shoot us a line because uh, we'd like to like to be included. And I mean, I I don't normally do this, but you know, I've heard of this other podcast called One Man Watchpoint. You know, I'm I'm just saying if if you know, I get it. Things are a little if three is intimidating. With, uh, yeah, exactly, exactly. Hit me up. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So um, RSP has been embargoed before. Oh, really? Yeah, um, so it was back when the uh, the live events were were announced, mm. the live homestands. Right. Um, I was given an opportunity in advance to to sit down with Tim Holloway and uh, interview him and talk about uh, the events and what they would look like in sort of preparation for the announcement to go live, and that had everything to do with our recording schedule. Um, is that uh, I had to the episode had to be delayed that that week. Not so much days. It had to be delayed by like, it used to go high noon Pacific. Right. And I believe I had to delay that episode to ensure that the Overwatch League announcement went out before such time as I could go and go lie with us. Right. But it was, this has, has happened. Interesting. One man watch point. No, that's never happened. <laughs> I'm so like sorry. I say, one man. So, <laughs> um, 
looking to wrap things up, however, is uh, the Overwatch game that some of us still play going into the Winter Wonderland event that arrived a little bit late for reasons. <laughs> reasons unknown, but reasons. Yeah. I, I want to give some serious credit to the artists who are putting in the effort on the skin game. Mm-hmm. Like these skins that we're seeing are solid. Um, and I do hope they transfer over to Overwatch too. It would be a shame if, if they don't. And if they don't, I hope that what we get out of the box, yeah, um, sort of more than makes up for it. Uh, and much like every other sort of recent event, play games, get points, get enough points, get more sprays, profile pictures, and uh, and skins. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I. Winter Winter Wonderland has sort of like lost its allure to me. Like I think as far as the events go, Junkenstein's Revenge, like the Halloween mm-hmm. one, is sort of my favorite. Even if I'm just playing like regular maps, I just feel that it I don't know. I like the ambiance. Mm-hmm. Um like I was actually just playing some Mr. Heroes before we hit record mm-hmm. here. And the Winter Wonderland uh, version of Hanamura, it's like foggy lighting effects right like yeah it, it's just it it sort of takes away from the experience i, I will admit king's king's cross king's row. winter or king's row sorry i'm thinking yeah, you're the thinking the real station. place <laughs> yeah king's row on uh in winter is cool but i mean i it may be, I, I just i've i've seen everything so many times and we haven't really had any new content as far as events are concerned mm-hmm. These, these kind of things are so interesting to me because, I mean, obviously we've been playing games for a little bit of time. Um, you know, you longer than me, although not a ton. Um, I'm old. <laughs> I didn't say it, you said it. Um, but like, I, I remember, you know, when I really got into competitive online gaming, it was with Call of Duty Modern Warfare, Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare, the original Modern Warfare. And all I wanted at that time was uh, the ability to change my appearance and see the maps in different sort of times of day, different settings, that kind of thing. And now we see that very commonplace and overwatch is a great example of that. Like you said, overwatch probably, I would say they are far and away better than any other team when it comes to the skins and and that design and everything. Um, Yeah. It's not as customizable as some other games, but I think you see that in the quality, uh, of what they're doing is, is far higher. Um, but I've always thought it was kind of interesting that we see these special events and especially in a game like overwatch where it's as old as it is after maybe the first two or three, why don't they just make it so that these things can happen randomly? You enter a match, the match decides you're going to Hanamura and then it decides which version of Hanamura you're getting. On, on any given day, any given time. You could argue the special events lose their appeal, but again, the game's been around for so long that I don't think it makes that much of a difference if it's Halloween or if it's the winter season or not. Why can't I just play them at any at any time? Well, you can in Workshop. Sure, but, but why not just make it random, essentially, you know? I think, you know, if they were to introduce that level of sort of rng yeah. i actually feel it does then take f- 
further away from the allure of the seasonal events, right? Like you, ex- we've, we've come to know and expect when certain events will occur. Right. Um, there's obviously new skins that are continually added. Like the, the, that part I think gets taken away when you, when you add that, that intricacy, but I, I will admit like there are some seasonal maps mm-hmm. where they work, they yeah. pop. Um, but, um, I think, you know, it's just sort of the, the game. I enjoy it. I still play it, but even I will say it's getting stale. Funny thing is, I, I know I said last episode that I really hadn't been playing. Um, and I hadn't. And with the winter wonderland event coming out this year, I thought, you know, I, again, I love all these skins. I'd love to take a look at the past winter skins, see which ones you can get now for cheaper than the 3000 or whatever they are when they first come out, the first season they come out. I popped in, looked at the skins, jumped into a match, played a match and said more than anything, I want to enjoy this again. But I played the match and, and thought, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to bounce back over to ghost of Tsushima, which I'm playing through right now. And th- and that's a part of well, it is I'm playing other things. Um, and I mean, ghost at this point is a year or two old as well, but it's just lost the luster, you know? Well, that's the thing for me. If I find a game that I can easily jump in, play and sort of jump mm-hmm. out that I'm not completely getting melted mm-hmm. on, it'll probably replace overwatch. Oh, the only reason I continue to go back to Overwatch and play it, I can, I have, I feel like I'm able to hold my mm-hmm. own and I can jump in, jump out. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like why I play like Hearthstone on my, my iPad. Yeah. Um, I'm looking for something else. I have yet to find it. I think that's one of the struggles is a lot of the sort of mobile games that are being designed are, are beyond sort of what we had expected as mobile, yeah. you know, having grown up on snake, but um, Hearthstone sort of holds that space because it's sort of easy to jump in, jump out. But the moment I find that title that sort of, is new mm-hmm. that can give that to me it gets dropped yeah the difference though between hearthstone and overwatch hearthstone constantly every season cycles in new content yeah. new cards new strategies new meta the events change like there is just a lot of variety and i'm not getting that from overwatch yeah. and we haven't really been getting it yeah and and i mean I've, to be fair as well i've always gone through sort of phases with overwatch where my interest comes back and i jump back in and you know do my placement matches and start playing competitive again and everything like that. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know. It just lately hasn't been grabbing me. Um, obviously I'm still interested. And I also do find, you know, when we're in season in terms of the overwatch league and everything, watching the professionals play makes me want to play more. Um, it, it does make me want to jump back in and everything. So anyways, but yeah, if you haven't uh, gotten your your holiday skins, make sure you log in, get your games in, get your skins. But um, here we are at the end of a, an episode. I wasn't entirely sure how long it would be, and uh, we've we've passed the one hour mark. One hour, I think, is the barometer. Anything more than that is a longer episode. Anything less than that is a shorter episode. That's right. So we're we're trending on the longer side here, and that's without Omni. Imagine if he was here, we'd have been going for like three hours. Absolutely, just bantering away listening to our own voices. Do we do that? No, I do that. I like my voice. Sorry. What was that? But uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Um, 
it is, as I said earlier, our last episode of the year. 2021 has been an interesting year. I think 2020 obviously was a challenging year. 2021 has been challenging for different reasons. I really hope 2022 is when things start to to turn around. Turn around for the, the league. Turn around for our own sort of spaces in this world. I mean, that, that ominous creak that just occurred. <laughs> Maybe it's not a, a sign of, 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 of my hope uh, being uh, met, but uh, I really do want 2022 to be a better year. I'm, I'm, I'm in need of that. I need that, uh, that ray of sunshine. Hope. Yeah. I need the hope, young man. I'm just yeah. plug it January in. January 14th, according to Adam. Yeah, but this you know this is the thing. I am so worried that I, I look at that date and I I something what happens and it's like um, I don't know nothing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or nothing I'm interested in. So, right, Adam. If if you disappoint me, I'm I am holding you personally responsible for ruining my entire year. Wow, wow, those are stakes. I wouldn't I wouldn't want that weight on my shoulders. That's for sure. Easy. <laughs> well, you wouldn't. You wouldn't want me on your shoulders. I'm pretty heavy. I'd manage. Don't worry. Next time I see you. But uh, what uh, what final words of wisdom do you have for all of our, our listeners this week? Um, well, I do have some words of wisdom, of course. But I also would like to just uh, say happy holidays to everyone and happy new year. And I hope that uh, you're able to enjoy some time off. And if you are still enjoying Overwatch, some uh, hopefully you can enjoy some time with overwatch or whatever games you may be playing. Um, I'll be spending my holidays playing ghost of Tsushima. Now that I finished the DLC from horizon zero dawn, which I finally made my way to, but obviously in preparation for the new one in the new year. Um, so yeah, uh, you know, hug your family. If you get to see them, um, have a happy holidays because this is my words of wisdom. Life is too short to wake up in the morning with regrets. So no regrets. No regrets. That's right. No regrets. This is you can't see I, it, but uh, I just tore my shirt open. I actually have the tattoo. Yeah, and I, I, I that's I was reading it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Uh, hey, Jordan. Did you hear what Santa said when he stepped in the puddle? I did not. Must have rained here. Must have rained here. Yep. 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 There it is. There it is. Happy holidays, everyone. Goodbye. Uh, <laughs> I like that this is my new thing. The, the bad you jokes. know, I, just, I like it too, honestly. I mean, it, 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 regardless of how things go, it helps me leave with a chuckle. Yes. Um, but uh, speaking of leaving with a chuckle, uh, everyone leaves with a chuckle when they join RSP Discord. So join it. Discord.io slash ready, set, poem. Was that a That stretch? was a segue if I ever heard one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and also as a reminder, the RSP Minecraft server is up and running. We just did a whole refresh. It's the perfect opportunity to jump into the world of Minecraft, play with some people, uh, that, uh, you get to hang out with and have some good times. Um, I know, uh, you know, friend of the show, Katrina, one of her sons, I think he's beat the game. I didn't know you could beat Minecraft, <laughs> but like we reset the server and he's like, is it okay if I do this? I'm like, what? <laughs> it's possible that quick, but, uh. That's pretty cool. Um, and uh, what else? Uh, you obviously can follow us on online on social at Ready Set Pwned. Uh, we are maybe going to tweet a little bit more in a year. I don't know. Depends on how I'm feeling. 
I know every so often we get called out for, oh, this account still tweets. I was just about to say something about that. <laughs> Fair play. Well, you know what? The roles have reversed. We we took everything that we had, all of the energy out of our social media soul, and we gifted it to the Vancouver Titans. Absolutely true. Right? So you're welcome. Mm-hmm. You'd think they could throw us a bone in a jersey or something, but I guess not. After we gave them our well, soul. If they, if they threw us one jersey, which one of the three of us gets it, or do we have to cut it up? I mean, I'm farthest, so it's probably not me. Right. I'm still waiting for the, the baby swag to show up from the Titans to Defiance so we can hook Great the uh, the newest uh, player in the uh, Omni Strife household Great up. point. I think that it must be in the mail. Must be in the mail, yeah. But on behalf of Omni at Omni Strife, myself, Chris at Life Force, and Jordan at Sir Dr. JM, who is also the host of One Man Watch Point, if you didn't actually know that, having listened to this episode, I'm going to sign this one off with catchphrase. Thank you.